Hello, my name is Douglas Raymond Hawkins, and you're listening to the podcast Relating in Love. Welcome to episode number seven, Personal Character as a Pathway to Love, part two. This episode explores the consequences of compromise and the pitfalls pitfalls of being a people pleaser. But as always, let's begin with this episode's two quotes. Don Miguel Ruiz wrote, be impeccable with your words, speak with integrity, say only what you mean, avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. Motivational speaker and author Zig Ziglar said, the foundation stones for a balanced success are honesty, character, integrity, faith, love, and loyalty. Let's take a couple of moments to look at the consequences of compromise. If you've you've ever had to compromise on which restaurant you were going to eat at on a Saturday night, or what you were willing to pay for the car you want to buy, you don't need me to explain how it works. Healthy compromise is demonstrated when we are able to give in without sacrificing our values and beliefs. Every relationship we enter has an element of give and take if it is to remain healthy. Our focus here is on a different kind of compromise, unhealthy compromise. Unhealthy compromise leads us to abandon sound ideas or standards, and we are left morally and emotionally damaged. It is impossible to compromise without giving something up. It works something like this. We make an adjustment in our thinking. We have to decide to give up something to receive something. But what we receive may not begin to equal what we have to surrender. Those who say, well, everyone has to give in something, you know, somewhere along the way, are really saying everyone has to give up something at some point in life. The question is, What are we willing to surrender? Our decency, honesty, integrity? Any intelligent person will admit that we can advance on our pathway only when we are willing to give up certain things along the way. That is part of living successfully. The problem is positioned in our confusion over what is okay to give up and what isn't. Our boundaries seem to become extremely blurred. When we compromise, It is an admission that we are willing to surrender in differing degrees what is valuable to us. I know of people who became so relaxed in their concessions that they began compromising values that they once would have died to uphold. We are all too painfully aware of politicians who promise their constituents one thing. Once the vote is a sure thing, compromise their values for the sake of their personal agenda. Then there's the college student who's under a ton of pressure to get a good grade on his term paper. The time for term papers arrives. He struggles to come up with an original idea. The thought crosses his mind that if he plagiarized a little on his term paper, it would expedite the process. He is sure that this is the only way that he can get his paper done on time. After all, he has worked extremely hard for the grades he has attained thus far So he cheats, just a little. No one finds out. No one guesses that he stole someone else's work. No hassles, good grade. The next time it's not such a big deal. And the next. Let's not forget the woman who is going out to a dinner for her small marketing firm. It is important, she thinks, to present a good image. 
and she justifies her need for a new dress by telling herself that because she's in a position of leadership, it must look good for the look her best for the sake of others. Financially stressed, she charges the dress. She wears it once and returns it the next day. No problem, no complications. In fact, a lot of compliments. She had no intention of keeping the dress. In her mind, she was leasing it anyway. The next time she needed a dress for a special occasion, she didn't struggle over what to do. Each time got easier until it didn't bother her at all. Examples are endless. Each one has its own bottom line. When we choose to compromise, we pay a price. Whether it becomes immediately apparent to anyone or not, the most common rationalization is that no one gets hurt in the process. That rationalization has cost family members their jobs. It has cost individuals their virtue, and at times it has cost people their very lives. In each instance, a price is paid. The individuals in the above cases risk the price of self-respect and the trust of their friends and peers. There isn't enough money in the world to take the place of a loyal and devoted friend, yet every day people risk the respect of their friends for momentary gain. Politicians who sacrifice their principles to gain political power find success fickle when once loyal friends become aware of their actions. Is this a sore spot? Did something come to mind as you listen to these words that you've been flirting with? Perhaps you've crossed a line and are no longer flirting, but have jumped headfirst into whatever you've, you've traded your integrity for. You need to ask yourself if it's worth the trade. None of us like to admit when we have compromised our personal integrity. Every time we give in and compromise our standards, we are doing damage to our self-esteem. And remember, without self-esteem, there can be no self-love. And without self-love, we have no love to give others. I have found the best way to protect myself from the inclination to compromise integrity is to hold myself accountable to an individual in whom I have deep respect. I offer that to you as a suggestion. Find someone who can be, you can be real with. Drop your pretenses and allow yourself to be accountable to that individual. That way, the next time you find yourself in a position of compromise, you'll think of this person and have the courage or conviction. Another suggestion that I have for you is to begin to keep a journal. If you have ever attempted to journal your thoughts and decided it was leading nowhere, think again. I suggest that you write about the areas of your life where you are tempted to bend and compromise your integrity. I have a friend who began writing things down many years ago. He found great insight and comfort as he looked back over the years of written pages that chronicled his life story. You don't have to worry about someone thinking you're weird that you, or that you don't have the right answers. One of the main reasons people compromise their integrity is to obtain the approval of others. So let's explore the pitfalls, the pitfalls of being a people pleaser. Another reason that we compromise our integrity is to be accepted by others. And sometimes these people are the wrong people. What is there inside of us that craves the approval of others? 
How does the approval of others influence our decision-making process? How far are we willing to go to get the approval of other people? Some would answer too far as they suffer the consequences of doing things that cost them their integrity and good reputations. I submit that the root cause of our wanting approval of others is the fear of rejection and or the fear of losing something. Rejection results in feelings of worthlessness, which are horrible feelings. These feelings are so excruciating that we would do almost anything to avoid them. To some, that means the expense of their dignity and integrity. We are so fearful of losing something such as a relationship or a promotion. You and I see this in the business world all the time. It could be one, it could be about wanting to avoid loss of position, power and authority, or not wanting to lose a lucrative account. Whatever the obvious motivation, the bottom line is the same. We crave the acceptance and approval of others more than we value our integrity. People who constantly and fervently seek the approval of others live with, a, with an identity crisis. They don't know who they are, and they are defined by what others people think of them. The really so sad part is this. If our security is built on others, we are fragmented. We might get approval from one person for doing what makes that individual happy, but the next person we come across will expect something different. We continue to cycle, trying to please everyone until we reach the point of pleasing no one, especially the person in the mirror. We can't be a whole person as long as we exist to please others. If our approval is founded on what others think, our approval rating is in a state of flux. We will never know how we stand, how horrible to always be at the mercy of the opinions of others. We need to ask, what is my identity? Where do I get my wholeness? We may also want to ask how many people's approval is adequate. Do I need the approval of one person or do I need a crowd? How much do I need them to like me? If we are honest, the answer will be unsettling for many of us because the truth is most people never seem to have enough. With these questions, we can see that longing for others' acceptance is a noose. Different people to please, different people with different expectations, different settings with different people with different expectations. To try to stay on top of all that would wear a person out. And once we cease to perform, we lose. What a horrible way to live. These people tear themselves into pieces of flesh trying to meet the expectations of other people. What's the cost of seeking others' endorsement? I think the price we pay may not only... What's the cost of seeking others' endorsement? I think the price we pay not only to gain but also to retain the approval of others is a high one. High maintenance is involved. There is a steady dose of polishing people at the right time with the right polish. I don't know anyone who, who could keep up with that type of pressure for long. But I know there are a lot of people who keep trying until they break down. As high as the price is in terms of what we do our, to our relationships and to our health, even higher prices are involved. 
we pay a dear price when we compromise our integrity in the futile attempt to attain the approval of others. We pay a great price when we keep quiet knowing that there is wrong going on around us. We pay an exorbitant price when we compromise our convictions. Let me clarify that wanting others to like us is natural. There is nothing wrong with that. No rational person sets out to perturb people just for the sake of distressing them. But when we value the approval of others over our own values, we get into trouble. None of us truly wants to be the weird one in the crowd, but it's a question of what we value more, our relationship with the crowd or the values that allow us to like ourselves. The cost of seeking the approval of our friends or coworkers involves more than we care to think about. How many people become hooked on alcohol or any other drug because they didn't want to be the only one in the party not holding a drink? How many teenagers become involved sexually because the person that they were with told them that everyone was doing it? How many are in gangs because they long for the approval of the gang? How many are in debt way beyond their ability to pay because they wanted to dress as well as others, live in a house as big as others do, and drive something as nice as others do? We have a name for this phenomenon. It's called keeping up with the Joneses. It is so prevalent that it's part of the American dream. We want others to think we're wonderful, and we're often willing to pay a very high penalty to get approval. There is another price in compromising our integrity. We can't make any real progress in our pathway when we are so busy trying to score points with other people. There can be no internal power to clear hurdles if our eyes are constantly on other people. Powerless, ineffective, shamefaced individuals have their eyes on the need to win friends, thus assuring the acceptance of those they relate to on an everyday basis. If the cause is seeking acceptance if is a fear of loss and the cost is paid in terms of compromise or integrity, what's the cure? To know the cure, we need to ask ourselves some questions. One, am I willing to suffer the ultimate consequence of my actions for the sake of approval? Two, what will I have when I have the approval of others? If we have the courage and willingness to be honest, at least with ourselves, we will recognize that we will have nothing tangible or permanent. Three, what will I have to do in order to retain the approval of others? This is the question that many have asked in regard to how far they will go. A person who has genuine integrity will never have to ask how far because the standard is clear in this person's mind. Four, Am I willing to initiate what I'm about to do to retain their approval? Once we start giving in to the whims of others, it becomes progressive, progressively harder to return to our original standard and likewise, progressively easier to stay in the slime that we find ourselves. Five, am I able to continue what I am doing to retain their approval? Once we start spending more than we have to get what we think we need to be acceptable, the cost skyrockets. Can we afford to continue? Six, what have I lost when I've lost their approval? 
although it is possible we may lose a relationship, could it be much of a relationship to begin with if we had to sacrifice our principles to gain acceptance? I think not. Seven, will it benefit me more to gain the approval of others or the approval of myself? This should be a no-brainer. Yet from the actions of far too many, you would think just the opposite. Let me be loud and clear. It doesn't matter who we think we must have the approval from. No one can ever fill up that vacuum in our life like a healthy self-esteem. Absolutely no one. I think if we honestly answer these questions, we will realize that it is a self-imposed prison to live in the dread of not having the validation of other people. When a baseball player hits a home run, he watches the ball sail over the fence. He trots around the bases while the crowd cheers for their hero. Teammates give them high fives and low fives. He looks into the television camera and holds up his index finger, signaling that his team is number one. He may even mouth a hello to his proud mom. Later, with the score tied and the men on base, the same guy strikes out. The opposing team wins the game as a result. Our former hero falls from the crowd's grace very, very quickly. The crowd's loud boos confirm it. One minute he can do no wrong. Within a half an hour, he can do no right. How fickle the approval of the crowd. Seeking the approval of the crowd is just that uncertain. One day, we feel like heroes to everyone. We politely, somewhat modestly, try to stifle the high fives and to trot around the bases, but we pre- feel pretty special. We're amazed at how many people think we're all that in a bag of chips. Then we strike out. Most of the time, people around us don't boo too loudly. When they do it, it's usually behind our back. But they depart our playing field quickly, leaving us to stand alone. The crowds we try to please are fickle too. As long as we need the approval of others, we're condemned to a life of having to always perform perfectly. And none of us are capable of doing that. The bottom line solution to this is having a solid, healthy self-esteem. We need to first know who we are and second, reaffirm who we are and that we are valuable with with anyone says so or not, with or without anyone else's approval. We are that in a bag of chips. Here are some short poems and essays regarding personal character. The first is entitled Character Bends by Alexander Mackenzie. And he wrote, if we look down, then our shoulders stoop. If our thought look down, our character bends. It is only when we hold our heads up that the body becomes erect. It is only when our thoughts go up that our lives become erect. The next is entitled The Purpose, penned by Catherine Pulsifer. And she wrote, The purpose of life is clear to see, to learn and grow, build grace and be. Life's trials, we all know, but character formed with love will flow. It takes courage and much grit 
discovering your authentic fit. Compassion to others is a key. Your character, others will see. And our next is entitled Your Character by Ellen Thornycroft Fowler. And she wrote, it is only when people begin to care for each other that the finest of human nature is seen. As long as you don't love anybody much, your character is like a garden in winter. One virtue is under a grass shade and another is covered over with straw and all of them are pinched with sickly. Then love comes by and it's summer and your garden rejoices and blossoms like a rose without you bothering about it. Our next section is more words of wisdom. Martin Luther King Jr. said, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the character, the content of their character. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, people do not seem to realize that their opinion of the world is also a confession of character. John Wooden said, be more concerned with your character than your reputation because your character is what you really are, while your reputation is merely what other people think you are. And Greek philosopher Heraclitus said, good character is not formed in a week or a month. It is created little by little, day by day, protracted and patient enough effort is needed to develop good character. Thank you very much for joining me for this episode. Please join me for the next episode next Tuesday. And if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email me at loveintent at comcast.net. Talk to you Tuesday and make your life a loving one.